Joining us right now is somebody who uh, is one of the smarter pitchers. Uh, I, I've gotten to witness over my years watching the Baltimore Orioles, and he's now a 105.7 The Fan analyst. He does the uh, pre-game show every game with Bob Haney. Uh, are you guys going on today? What time? No, we don't go on today. We do the uh, during the weekday stand. And uh, I, thank you for the kind words. I appreciate that. Well, they're <laughs> sincere. Very, very nice of you. But yeah, we just do it during the uh, during the weekdays. That's right. Ken Wyman the... does it during the weekends, Correct. doesn't he? Okay. Correct. So you're Monday through Friday, bankers' hours, so to speak. <laughs> you got it. All right. <laughs> um, so if you were going on today in a, in another half hour or so. What would you say about the fact that neither Cedric Mullins or Chris Davis is in the lineup against uh, James Paxton today? Absolutely. That, I think that, uh, that sends a, a kind of a statement. You know, uh, Mullins doesn't hit very well against left-handed pitchers. He yep. gets, a, I think, a buck 56. And uh, obviously we know uh, Davis, his struggles against everybody left and right. Uh, but you will have to say that uh, at least he's swinging, so that's the only chance you got to hit in the ball if you swing the bat. So even though he struck out uh, what three times the other day, he got pinch hit for. But yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think you might see Mullins in the future possibly just hit left-handed all the time. I, yeah. I imagine he struck out uh, 18 times and 45 at bats right-handed, and then only struck out 19 times and 100 uh, plus at bats. Uh, left-handed, so I think left-handed he's a better hitter, and that might be the uh, the thing that he does. Yeah, well, you know, when I go out and visit Boo Powell for one of his sandwiches uh, periodically during the course of the season, Boo always talks about Chris. He goes, "Swing hard, just in case you hit something." Exactly, <laughs> especially in the especially in the ballparks in the AL East, the ball flies out of several of them, so you can't hit it unless you swing the bat. Hey, I, I know that they've been compromised by the injury to Alex Cobb and the ineffectiveness during spring training of Dylan Bundy, although who knows whether that was ineffectiveness born of him just trying to work on certain things. You, you're never quite sure of that. But does it surprise you that we're at game two and the Orioles are opting in on the opener concept? Well, I mean, it, it was – you know, in a polite way, last year I, I think we all said, a lot of us said that the, we knew the Orioles' uh, pitching was was not the greatest. I mean, you had a lot of starters that were probably fourth and fifth starters on other uh, teams, especially uh, championship teams. So, you, yeah, you, you kind of knew what they had, and obviously now with the injury to Cobb, that makes it a little little tougher. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's you kind of shake your head and wonder what's going on, and then. Seeing uh, Cashner the way he pitched uh, yesterday, the other day, Thursday, and the way uh, Mike Wright pitched, uh, it kind of tells you we saw that last year. So that has to change. And you can have uh, all the analytics that you want uh, and have all the information, which they have. They have a, a just a ton of information. But if you can't execute as a pitcher or a player or a fielder or a hitter, you're they're not m- much good. So that, that, that has to change. There's a lot of... A lot of pitching problems that they had last year. I mean, hey, uh, just some of the basic stuff. I think a lot of a lot of stuff went on uh, that a lot a lot of people weren't privy to, and uh, and then when they went to other teams, the pitchers they they dropped some comments that that they should have known anyway. Yeah, but the pitching was a problem. I mean, there's just a uh, just a little when the Oriole pitchers 
were ahead in the count. Hitters hit 224 and had an on-base percentage of 303. Okay. When they were behind in the count, hitters hit 321 and on-base percentage of 496. Wow. When they were behind in the count, they were almost, the hitter was uh, had a 50%, 50% chance of getting on base. Yeah. yeah. Really. So, and then you look at Major League Baseball, when the, uh, when the uh, batters were behind in the count and the pitchers were ahead, overall, hitters hit 198 and on base percentage of 207. Now, that, that, that's unbelievable. Just being ahead in the count. That, that's, if the Orioles did nothing, Oriole pitching did nothing but throw strikes down in the zone, pitch after pitch, they would have fared much better. We're and, talk- uh, with, with, Dylan, with Dylan Bundy especially, he got hurt in the middle of a plate up in the zone, belt high. You know, if he's down in the zone... The numbers were totally different, but he just was not able to get the ball down with any consistency. His breaking ball and just checking the spin what spin rate, which is a big thing, you know, analytically. Uh, you check that his curveball was not uh, as effective, obviously, as his slider, uh, but his fastball spin rate was in the top five uh, percent. So he's a guy. It's got the stuff. He just has to be down in the zone and create more of a downward plane. But he threw the ball in a flat plane, and they took advantage of it. We're talking with Ross Grimsley, former Oriole pitcher, now on 105.7 The Fan before every weekday Oriole game. And we're broadcasting from the live casino hotel studio. Kyle. Uh, Ross, I mean, it's no secret the Orioles are one of the worst teams, if not the worst team in all of baseball. Vegas's over-under win total projection was at 59-and-a-half. It's not going to be a pretty 162-game stretch for anybody no. in Baltimore. Darn it, I woke up this morning thinking it was. <laughs> but how how do we as fans, as stakeholders in the organization's success, measure the progress in year one of Michael Elias right. and company's tenure? That's a good well, question. Well, I, I, you go back to Houston – and uh, Houston, you know, they lost 106 games in 2011, 107 the next year, 111 the next year. Then they lost 92, and it, it slowly got better. But you're going to go through some lean years here. And uh, I think on the team in 2013, the last time they lost 111 games, they lost 111 games. There were three players on that team that were with them last year. Right. So saying that, you might not even these players we see here with the sure. Orioles. You might not even see these guys when the when the team becomes uh, uh, you know championship caliber again. You could see a couple, but who are those guys? You know they had Houston had Altuve, they had Keuchel, they had uh, Springer. Uh, those three guys. Now, do the Orioles have an, an Altuve? Do they have a Keuchel? Do they, they have a Springer? The, the, only, the only one that's it, potentially good that's up now is Trey. Trey's Mullins, got a it's, shot. It's not impossible that Mullins could yeah. stick. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, there's a lot of and you and you look at and you look look at Trey. Trey's a, a great guy. He had a had a tough year last year at times because I think because of his knee. Mm-hmm. But I, I think him and him and uh, uh, Trumbo are two guys that I think bring a lot to the table on this team as far as uh, paying attention, watch the game, know the situations. Uh, Trumbull knows it. Uh, Trey is, is learning it. Mm-hmm. They bring a lot to the table because you always saw them in the dugout uh, toward uh, uh, you know toward the home plate, always intently watching the game. You know, trying. I know Trey's trying to learn over three years. Trumbull has a pretty good idea, but they can be a big uh, uh, a plus to all the other players on, on the on that young, especially the young players on that team. And and I think Trump, uh, not Trumbull, but 
uh, Trey has been thrown into that uh, that role as being the, the veteran, the guy to go to, and that was I think that's real important because if the truth was known, there wasn't a lot of stuff going on last year, and that uh, unfortunately you had the guys, but some guys just didn't want to. Yeah. To do it. They didn't want to be the uh, the leader yeah. or anything. So, and it, it is it's it, a new it's a new atmosphere. It's a new uh, uh, time, and you're going to see some guys. I personally, I, I'm. It's kind of exciting to see uh, the guys progress, and that's what you got to look at. The fans go out, watch, and see who see who gets better. And obviously, some of the guys, you know, they're going to overachieve. Some guys are underachieved, but you watch and watch what they do and how they go about doing it. And eliminating mistakes, it should be exciting. But they're they're going to have trouble, you know, being over five hundred, obviously. Yeah. But it's a, it's a, a long road, and this is something. The key to the whole thing, bottom line, you got to get better players, and you're going to be drafting in a position to do where that. the yep. better players are going to be available. Just a matter of, of who you get, because yeah. you're going to get the top picks in each round, and you probably get it for the next uh, few years, which is going to help your minor league uh, system. And that's that's the whole thing right there. Better players. Yeah, you know, you make a great point about Trumbo. While I'm not as the wor- I'm not the biggest Mark Trumbo fan. Wasn't in favor of giving him the three year extension. But in right. a season like this, his loss is is tangible in that locker room right now because it does puts more pressure on a Trey Mancini. And Chris is scuffling so bad that he can't be that veteran leader for anybody. He's no. got his own stuff he's working on. Yeah, really, it, it, it's tough. And I think and the other thing you got to root for is some of these older veteran players. You know, Cashner, Cobb, uh, even uh, uh, Chris. You got to hope these guys, uh, Villar. You hope that he, all these guys, do well because they're, they're going to end up moving them. You know, in the middle of the season or, or come to get younger players. And uh, so that should be interesting and and fun to watch. Hey, I just want to ask you, we've got about two minutes with you left today, uh, Ross, and I do appreciate the time, especially on an off day. Uh, No, no problem. Dylan Bundy, um, I have my own thoughts about what really has gone on with him since his days in high school, but what do you think has happened to Dylan Bundy? You know, I uh, again... Uh, like I said earlier, I think I don't think uh, a lot. Um, there's a lot of information that should have been passed uh, to some of these guys, mm-hmm. that uh, especially him. And I don't think it really was. And you're I talking think, uh, about you're it, talking about like analytic type of information. Well, Coaching. that, but just I mean, a lot of it's basic stuff. Yeah. I mean, but like I said, he was getting hit last year. He, he was up in the zone most of the time, was never able to make an adjustment down in the zone. Mm-hmm. So you can give him all the analytics you want. Right. If you can't exe- execute, you can know the pitches, what to throw in this particular situation, but if you can't execute it, it doesn't, it's no good. It doesn't matter. But, I mean, he, when he's down in the zone, uh, the number, I was looking at the numbers this morning, that when he's down in the zone, it's a lot different. The slider's a big pitch for him. And uh, it's just a matter that the curveball is kind of a show me pitch. His changeup is uh, uh, is all his pitches are effective. Mm-hmm. I think his curveball is probably his his fourth best pitch. But he he don't need more pitches. He needs better location, just yeah. like a lot. Now, I tell you, the the Orioles they were uh, they were second worst first pitch strikes. They were last in called third strikes. They I mean they threw a lot of balls. They were behind in the count. 
And I, I think a lot, you try, they try to get a lot of these pitchers to throw perfect pitches in situations when they were behind in the count. They can't do it. They're not, that they weren't able to do that. And we watched Cashner pitch the other day. And granted, some, some pitches were close that they don't get the call on. But the umpires, the other teams, know the Orioles don't throw strikes. They, they know that. Yep. So they don't throw consistent strikes. You're not going to get pitches. So now you have to make better pitches. You're behind, and I just read the numbers when you're behind in the count, what happens. But you can't expect some of these guys to make 2-0, pitches on the corner. They, they just not, they'll have that ability right now, and it puts them farther back in the hole. They walked eight guys the other day, and that, that just tells you right there, uh, you know, things are going to have to change. And just throw the ball over the plate and let the defense, you've got to, you're going to have a pretty good defense eventually. Yep. Throw it over the plate, let the defense make the plays, make some quality pitches. That's what it comes down to. All right. Ross Grimsley, many thanks again for being on again. Folks can listen to you, you before it. each and every Oriole game Monday through Friday during the entire uh, season of 2019. I'll talk to you soon, Ross. See you at the ballpark. Right, Thank you. All right.